Okay, we are in Sefer Hosea, Perik Yud Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Ki Nar Yisrael Ba'al And so we see again in Perik Yud Aleph the amazing ability of Hosea to really swing from Tochacha, rebuke, to Nechama, to comfort, back to Tochacha, in a very rapid succession, with very short spaces between. And here, after devastating Prakim on the fate of Ephraim, of the Ten Shratim, it's a relief to have at least the start of Nechama. But the Perik is more than Nechama. For one, it's going to shift back to Tochacha. But what it does is the Navi feels obligated to provide an explanation as to why the punishment on Ephraim is so severe. It's almost as if they're held to a different standard than every other nation in the world. Why? And for that, you need a little history. And that's exactly what the Navi is going to give us. So we start Pasuk Aleph, Kinar Yisrael Ohavehu. Yisrael was a nar, a youth, and I loved him, is the Kaddish Baruch who's speaking. And when he was in Egypt, when they were slaves in Egypt, I called him my son. We know that when Moshe speaks to Pharaoh to let the people go, the Kaddish Baruch who says, let my sons go. So that they Kaddish Baruch viewed us as a son. We were a special favorite of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's why the Radak gives a very interesting explanation. Let me read it to you. Uh, he loved him while he was still a youth. For who be Yosef Mitzrayim, and he was in Egypt. It is precisely because of that that I hold him to a different standard of punishment than the rest of the nations. I loved him from his youth, and I saved him from his enemies, but when they disobey my mitzvahs, it is up to me to punishment. Just like a father punishes his son. It is that relationship that causes me to do it. He is beloved. It is not that I have it in for him. He was beloved from his youth. So, Korulahem, I had Nevi'im shouting out to him, calling to him, guiding him, and the exact proportion, not the exact, but proportionately, as I had them call him to tshuva and to mitzvahs, Cain hochum ibnehem lebalim. That's how they went to the Balin, to the other gods, they sacrificed the idols, they brought Ketores to the idols. In other words, as much as I gave them a Navi to guide them, 
That's how much they turned against the guidance. Vanochi Tirgalti Ephraim, and I sent to Ephraim Kacham al someone who would carry him in his arms or by his arms, could mean it is most likely, most unfortunately say it is Moshe. Some say it's Yoshua leading him in. Some say it's the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that he did it himself. Can I, can I uh, ask a question about the idea that Hashem loved Israel, right? Or the, particularly Ephraim. Like, do we believe that Hashem loves all people, not Jews and non-Jews too? We believe we're the chosen people. But what about, so I mean, the, the, the implication of he loves us but not others, you know, that's, no, pretty, that's a pretty bad implication. No, because he does. In other words, he created them. Right. He created them and he created them in his image. So no, it's not that he dislikes them, it's that he holds Israel to a different standard for their behavior, for their morality. But no, he would, you'd have to say he loves his creations, he loves humanity. Moreover, with this special messenger uh, sent, there's a wonderful Agadita told that when Yaakov is on his deathbed and is about to bless Menashe, he sees in the future, he sees that this, uh, I'm sorry, he's about to bless Menashe and Ephraim, but Ephraim is to get the Bechor. Remember, he reverses his hands and gives Ephraim the blessing of the firstborn. But he also sees that Ephraim is going to be the progenitor of Yeroboam. He's going to be the progenitor of Achav, of Achaz. He is just going to have terrible, terrible children and grandchildren and descendants. And so the Medrash tells us the Ruach of the Kaddish Baruch who leaves him. It just leaves him. In fact, there's a strange line in there where after he's about to bless him, he says to Yosef, Mizos, who are these people? You know, as if he just doesn't have Ruach HaKodesh. And the Medrash tells us Yosef prays to the Kaddish Baruch Hu that it will be restored and Yaakov is restored. And Ephraim does get the blessing, notwithstanding Yaakov's very valid kind of missions. So what we're saying is that yes, he was before I sent him the Vim, I sent him messengers, I carried him through the desert. Again, I sent him to guide him. And what I did was like, I am sorry, that they don't even know that it was I who gave them the cure. I led them through every disaster. I took them through the desert. They are, don't even realize that it was I who was doing it. Because we've been using the metaphor of a, a, a calf or being drawn, and usually that would be very rough ropes. You need tough, resilient ropes to pull a calf. But here the Kaddish Baruch Hu says in Pasuk Dalit, I guided them with the ropes of man, a softer um, a rope, easier to lead, like a father leads his son. Sometimes you pull the child, tethering him on a rope. 
a soft touch. Ba'avosos ava, with a growth of love, is what I use. Isn't that still true today? We, we don't recognize, this is kind of what we were talking about yesterday, we don't recognize that we are protected. Take either the Scud missiles you know, from Iraq or the, or the rocket attacks from the Palestinians. They, don't, they, you know, uh, they cause much less damage than you would expect, right? Right, right. And uh, there's other explanations there. Right, right. Listen, that's been our history. Uh, and that's like the people don't, they don't, you know, maybe some, but not all will Realize say. that it's the hand of the Kaddish Baruch Hu? Absolutely, and nothing's changed. So, and moreover, what I did was like the, the guy, their master, takes Allahyehem, I remove the mask from their face, the muzzle, the at a love ohil, and I feed them. I make sure that they don't even have to go far for their food to search it themselves. In the desert I gave them the mud, I gave them the quail, um, without them having to move. The I feed them as it were, and they don't realize any of this. Lo Yashur el Eretz Mitzrayim, and I commanded them, we know there's the command, we are not to return to Mitzrayim, and yet they've gone back to Mitzrayim. They've gone back, we saw in that group that rebels against Yermio, we saw that they go back during the exile. Uh, we see later on in history they form a Jewish community in um, Alexandria, that's later massacred. And the question is, it's an Easter in the Torah, you don't go back. And so the question but is... But the Rambam ah, was there. That's the hidden. How does the Rambam go back? In fact, the Rambam used to date his letters, like Reb Moshe ben Maimon, who lives in sin and violation every day he's in Egypt. But he lived there. And so some of them, of course, say you are not to go back the way you left, like we're going to read this week, the Sedra of Matos and Masse, which delineates the journey they took city by city from Egypt. You don't go back that way. It's sort of an extenuating circumstance. Some say you go back there. If it's a business thing, you have no intention of dwelling there. In the Rambam's case, some say it was Baones. He was forced to. He was a major physician to the Sultan. He had to stay there. Um, so the, the answer is there are differences, there are excuses, but the basic Easter exists. But yet you went back. Or as an alternative, for Asher Himalko, you made Assyria your king. You sought uh, treaties with Assyria, you gave them uh, tax money, you gave them bribes to be your friend. Bashur, you replaced them as the king. Kimane Lashuv, because Kimane Lashuv is you refuse to return, you refuse to do tshuva. The Cholachorebarav, and as a result, they are sure their swords are going to fall on your city. The Chilsobadav, and they are going to devastate uh, your suburbs, the villages without, is Badav. The Achla Bemoatzel Sehem, and you are going to consume Bemoatzel Sehem because of your counsels that you held, your, the strategies you developed, the courses or the paths you took. In other words, Bemoatzel Sehem from uh, Avodah Zorah, as Rashi says, 
and uh, what they did was the strategy to seek help from the other nations rather than from the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So you were responsible for your own problems. It was your counsels among yourselves that led to this. Interesting metaphor. The nation is like ambivalent, like vacillating about making tshuva. We see sometimes they're ready. No, not yet. Sometimes they're about to, or sometimes they do it for a short time. They just vacillate in tshuva. The El Al, interesting, this is the expression El Al, but the Supreme Kaddish Baruch Hu, Yikru'u Yachad, the one thing they have in unity is that with their God, with their Supreme Being, no matter what is done for them, lo Yiromein, they will not give him the credit, they will not exalt him literally. They don't elevate the Kaddish Baruch Hu for everything. And what they do is they never do the complete tshuva, they're vacillating between tshuva and their lifestyles. Um, I believe the uh, Rajak says, they vacillate, whether to return or not return. They just do not do the tshuva to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so, continues, at the same time, where this is all truth, this is all the fact, they have betrayed me, they do Avodah Zorah, they do not give me the credit for what I've done, they don't recognize me as the Supreme Being. At the same time, says the Navi, Eich et necha Ephraim amigecha Yisrael. How can I give them over? How can I turn them over for destruction? Eich et how can I make them like Adama and Soavim? Adama and Soavim, the Mephoshim tell us, were two satellite cities with stone Gomorrah when they destroyed stone. Interestingly, they're not mentioned in the Torah. But they're like satellites. Can I make them the objects of total destruction? Nepach be, I have made, I will not destroy them. But I will not change my mind and destroy them. Yes, they will be punished. Yes, they will go to exile. But to kill them, no, I will not do. My feelings of compassion and pity and um, just rachamim for them are so great that my insides are in turmoil. Kaviyochel, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying that. Lo esech um, I will not give in to my deep anger. I will not carry it out. Lo oshiv l'shachis Ephraim. I will not change my mind and destroy Ephraim. Ki elonochi, I am a god below ishbekirbech kados below although the year. I am a god and I am different from man. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying, my anger, my charonaf, need not be expressed immediately. It need not be carried out. I have time to weigh my anger. I have time to give them tshuva opportunity. I am not like man who takes out his anger. I have no other city 
where my Shekinah will reside than Yerushalayim. I can't destroy them. Yerushalayim is where the Shekinah is. There's no other city that is elevated to the status of Yerushalayim. And in the end, they will follow the Kodesh Baruch Hu when he screams like a lion to get them out of their gullus, to frighten the other Amim. So, he will shake them out of their gullus. He will frighten the other nations and they will come, they will come from the west, that's where Bavel and Asher are, and they will return. They will be like the bird of Mitzrayim, v'chiyona a dove me'eretz Asher, a dove over Asher. Interesting the difference between the um, ornithology there as to which bird is because a dove flies longer distances and you'd have a longer distance from Bavel and Asher than you do from Egypt. I will return them to their land. Again, a wonderful message of Nechama. In Hashem, we will continue Monday, 845. We have just three prakim more to go in Hosea. Make sure you're there, 845 a.m. at Kam.